That was easy. <laughs> what we say is. All right. So we're now recording from three separate computers. Nope. And nope. We're actually recording from two computers, but we're using but the, three. The, what is the second computer in your household doing? Um, it's picking up my voice. For or are you just using it to call. record? No. no. <laughs> oh. oh, no, so that I can hear you, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the, my iMac is recording both microphones and uh, pumps out both microphones and your voice into my headphones through the iMac and to Marlin's microphone through USB through the uh, headphone jack. And then Marlin's computer is... Setup. And Marlin's computer is only there so you can hear her. It's really st- okay. quite straightforward, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very straightforward. Yep. No, but I think this this is good. I think it sounded a lot better last week when I listened back to it. Um, uh, Marlin, you have an echo. I don't oh, know I if do? that's... Yeah. Maybe I should just leave Discord. <sighs> I guess we got to buy loop back. That's another 100 US. Should we just buy a mixer? Uh, that sounds more expensive than 100 US. Yeah, overall, having the two microphones, though, apart from the problems of Zach not hearing us, I think those are minor details. Otherwise, it's it's a lot nicer of a setup. Because I can actually sit straight and don't have to uh, kind of lean left and duck to to be able to speak into a microphone. Yeah, all those ducks made it pretty crowded. <laughs> <laughs> really, Marlin? Really? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, speaking of uh, $100, though, uh, let me send you a picture, Zach. I have no idea where this is going. I don't know what you're sending. I send it to both of you. Okay. In our messaging chat? chat oh yeah whoa what happened <laughs> do you want to explain what you just sent guy uh yeah um i i don't even know if it made it into the show last time but um i we had the option to um upgrade our internet access at home and i did so now i think we did we, we discussed this and asked zach whether or not this makes sense yeah yeah to do. Then, and i think zach said no it doesn't make sense but it would be fun if you do yeah yeah we basically concluded that it would be a waste of uh money and time to 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 go any faster than the 350 we had before and now we have a symmetrical gigabit <sighs> You know what How I much just... extra, did you, extra did you have to pay uh, for that? F- yeah that's uh actually i paid less <laughs> Um, How does that work? It's interesting. So for some reason, when we signed up our initial um, plan here, um, they put us onto the uh, copper billing system, whatever that is. So when I asked them if I can uh, get the fastest speed, they said, oh, we don't think so because it seems like you have copper and no fiber at home. It's like, mm, no, I'm pretty sure I have, I have fiber. I'm like, no, the system's saying you have copper. It's like you don't even offer the the three hundred fifty up and down plan on uh, on copper. That makes no sense. Like, well, if you want, we can upgrade you to the fiber plan, though, because um, you're a new customer. You would even get the new customer discount. It's like, hmm, 
okay then, then I do have copper. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to upgrade to a fiber plan. So I'm basically now getting the new customer uh, discount. So it's half price for half a year. Not bad at all. And I'm pretty sure they also said that in order for us to get the faster one, you needed to upgrade. Yeah, yeah there was no option. Yeah. If I wanted a faster one, I had to switch to the pure fiber plants. And because I wasn't in the pure fiber billing system, I I, I would automatically qualify for the uh, discounted plan. So I was like, all right, uh, that is then uh, three times as fast internet for, for $10 less a month. I, I take that. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> Still, still very envious of your your internet speeds. Um, you want to say? Did you mention how, how fast it is? I mean, fast? it's supposed to be a symmetrical gigabit, but we're getting one point two down and one point one up in speed like, tests. You don't need that, but it's just cool to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is it is a lot of fun. I mean, just downloading things. It, it's I don't know. I, I I'm probably weird, but I get yeah, excited about seeing like. 120 megabytes per second. From but also now when we're recording, it was so quick to actually upload um, the last episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, that is the reason. I, I really <laughs> wanted to get our audio file from taking five seconds to upload exactly. uh, to only take two seconds to yeah. upload. So that was definitely <laughs> worth it. Over the next, I'm expecting to live for another 114 years. You were so 120 last time. Yeah, but what happened, Kai? You're just, you're, the, the, he got faster internet. You live longer when that happens. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, we will definitely recoup uh, that, that um, over the next 114 years, there will be a tremendous amount of savings. So totally worth it. It will... S <laughs> over. Okay. Assuming that we'll do this podcast for another 114 years and we release one episode every week, and I will uh, have an average saving of two seconds per episode. It will save me over the 114 years 3.29 hours. That's amazing, guy. <laughs> Insane. Think of all the things you can do with an yeah. extra three hours. I, I know. I mean, almost four. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's almost a full nap. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah. Is it follow up or follow out if I wasn't on the episode last week? I think it's How just does that work? Zach being opinionated. Zach being opinionated. Zach's sure. opinions. Well, firstly, good job with last week's episode. I really enjoyed listening. Um, yeah. Welcome back. Yeah, we, Thank you. we really like having you here. It was a little bit strange. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was also very difficult for us to not talk without using microphones because we could just turn around and talk about things. So we're like, no, <laughs> let's not talk about this now. We had other topics we wanted to put in the episode that just didn't make it because we spoke about it before starting to record. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I guess that's a bit of a problem, but that's all right. Um, so yeah, I hadn't listened to the episode before it went out. So when it when it did, I uh, I downloaded it as a as a normal person would, and then uh, listened, and it was very good. The audio quality was great. I know there was um, there was a little bit of a concern with the new microphone, but I was very <laughs> pleased to hear that you got the additional microphone. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was kind of like semi live messaging you as I was listening with my thoughts uh, <laughs> on the episodes. So I probably just sent a bunch of messages over forty minutes and. Uh, you know, said things that I would have otherwise said on the show, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that can't really help. Um, I did want to say you were very correct that I did not want to talk about CES or the Apple earnings story. So I am thrilled that you did that. I was just going to say that like now, if you, if you, if you want, we could make this whole episode about CES since you did miss out on that discussion. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm more than happy to have let you to take in that one. Um, I, I think I sent you a photo. I was running around with a wallaby at the time we would normally be recording. So <laughs> that was um, that was a little bit more fun than talking about CES. Oh, it was think. a wallaby. I thought it was a kangaroo. It was a wallaby. I'm like pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Wallabies are smaller, right? Yeah. And a little bit more red, I Think. I, I I overheard somebody say that it was a wallaby okay. who works there, so yeah. I'm going to trust them. Um, <laughs> it was a really not my, good not my judgment it. of what a kangaroo versus a wallaby is because I couldn't tell you. I don't know why um, we didn't why we didn't assume that's what you were doing. We were just thinking of the barbecue at the beach. We should have predicted <laughs> so, this. I mean, interestingly, <laughs> running the, around with the, kangaroos the, and wallabies was too uh, cliche. Uh, I think that <laughs> we didn't even come up with that. That would have sounded uh, dumb. <laughs> people wouldn't have believed it. But look, I have a photo. We can put it as the as the little chapter art for this yeah, chapter yeah, I in think the we show should. when we edit. It was a um, great picture. I love your reaction on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so some context. Um, I was I, I was being uh, I was mucking around a little bit and posing for photos with wallabies while like trying to like crouch down like a wallaby and. Um, one of the wallabies didn't like that very much and it just got up and bolted away as soon as I went down and um and my like sort of someone took a photo as my face was in like prime reaction state to this wallaby jumping in front of me and it, it's pretty funny. Oh, you look terrified. <laughs> so um, when, why were But they you just... weren't wrong about like beach and barbecue and stuff. That was <laughs> so I only went away for the weekend. That was the like the uh, prior two days where the weather was amazing. Um, but on Sunday, when we went to this wildlife park thing, mm. the weather was much cooler. So it was uh, it was good weather to not be at the beach that day, actually. Right. But you were still wearing shorts and t-shirt. Yes, it's still <laughs> summer. Um, <laughs> no, it, it did start to rain shortly oh. after those photos. Though. Okay. It's a little bit... So yeah. the wallabies and kangaroo just roam around? Yeah, there's like this section of the... Uh, I think it's called a wildlife park. Rep- no, it's called a reptile park. That's where we went. Um, <laughs> that's just like an hour north that's of Sydney. That's a little bit more concerning. Were there wild and reptiles? There's, like, there's a section that's fenced in, but okay. you know, like at different times of the day, they have different animals come and roam around and <laughs> things like that. Wow. There was a tortoise. That was really cool. The thing Aww. was huge and it was like 68 years old, I think they said. And it's wow. pretty cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. Difference between so, wallabies and kangaroos. Wallabies tend to be smaller. They have um, different colored coating. Uh, wallabies tend to have shorter legs uh, and therefore are not jumping as high. This and one was jumping quite a lot on, yep. the, on the live image. And uh, they have different teeth. So, hmm, that is so interesting. So, is it better to be bitten by a wallaby or a kangaroo? So, wallabies are more optimized for eating uh, leaves. Okay. So yeah, they, I'd want to take a take on a wallaby over a kangaroo. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. go near a kangaroo. So uh, in the wild, yeah, wallabies are more like their teeth are more optimized for crushing and grinding. Um, well, uh, yeah, kangaroos seem to eat uh, grass and those kind of things, so the the teeth are more for cutting. Oh, so it's more like a shoot rabbit, you know? Chop so how would are. you prefer your head to be mashed up? Oh. <laughs> take your pick. I mean, definitely. No, there was a. Kangaroos are terrifying creatures. Uh, wallabies seem okay, so I definitely no matter yeah, what. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm, I I wouldn't want to fight either of them just because I don't really I'm not really into fighting wildlife. I'm not really into fighting anything. I think uh, <laughs> you really need to fight. Can yeah. we just get along and talk? 
All right, you talk to the wallaby. So, like, I think I sent you the photo as well, but um, a little while later, there was a there was a little kid who mm. went up to one of the wallabies that had a baby in its pouch and was like brushing up against the wall. Like, it's, as, this kid was probably three years old, absolutely fearless. You, I don't think you would do that with a kangaroo. You wouldn't uh, go up to it while it had its uh, its child in its pouch. I don't know. I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel safe doing that with kangaroo. Um, wallabies and shrimps and stuff. That's that was the topic, right? Good segue, Marlin. <laughs> a plus. Thank you. No, but it it was it was really it was a bit strange to record without you. But I'm happy that you didn't miss joining us, but you still enjoyed listening to it. I guess it's that's good. It's a bit. I, of, yeah, I very much enjoyed. Yeah, it's a bit of I, like we actually did like dog feeding now. That's pretty good. Dog feeding. Yeah. <laughs> What? We listen to our own show. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I think it's dog fooding, right? Uh, probably. That's not really a thing, though, dog fooding. Is that? Are you Googling it, Kai? I don't know. I, I, yeah, dog fooding. Okay. Eat your own dog food. <laughs> Otherwise, you're feeding dogs. That makes no sense. So I, <laughs> yeah, but Zach was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Should we talk about tech topics? Yeah, I think, let's do that. Uh, I think that's better. That's, that's yeah. what we're good at, yeah. Yeah, not talking about niceties and that we miss Zach. Who cares? Let's talk about air power. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Oh, air power. Did there you see? was that report. Yeah, yeah, that it supposedly entered production. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, according to uh, certain articles on 9to5Mac, um, apparently air power went into production now. So... Uh, I don't know. Now one step closer to me not buying air power. Woo. <laughs> I also, I don't know. Wait, don't why know. are you not going to buy this, Zach? Well, firstly, I don't have a phone that charges wirelessly. That's a minor. Or I... AirPods. Secondly. Yeah. You, you, you use AirPods, though. Or AirPods. But I would probably buy that. That's If there's updated AirPods, I'm going to buy them. Let's, let's be real. Um, yeah. But I, I'm guessing you both will buy, or you'll buy at least one between you. Is that right? Uh, I think we buy two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, actually, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, and there might not be an answer to this. But could you charge two iPhones on the same Air Power mat? I believe I so. Believe so. I mean, yeah. who, who but knows, you can't. Right? You can't put. You were not supposed. I think it was like an iPhone watch and ca- and the case, or two iPhones. But I don't think you can do like iPhone, iPhone, and watch. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Do you expect the air power that's now in production to be the one that was announced? <laughs> in what sense? Like, feature-wise? Like, is it actually... All are right. you actually going to be able to put your phone down wherever you want? Or, and are you actually going to be able to charge multiple things? All right, things? prediction time. Uh, Do you think... I air, think yes. The but... air power that you will be able to buy if, if, if we get there, let's just assume so... Would you be able to look at the initial announcements and point out differences between the production model and the uh, the announced model, either in looks, uh, features, or abilities? I think there will be changes in abilities. I think you have to be more specific with where you put your device compared to what they advertised it as earlier on. All right. What do you think, Zach? Interesting. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it will be the same product. I would guess that from a uh, an engineering like hardware engineering perspective, it's very different to how they envisioned it two years ago, whenever it was announced. Um, but I'm going to go with yeah that it's it's more or less the same from what was announced as a consumer product. All right. 
No, I I I, I expect there to be uh, visual changes to the product. It might just be as simple as it, the the thing being a bit thicker or something like that. Yeah, it could be. It just seems like I don't know after after that much back and forth and Apple not feeling comfortable talking about it for for such a long time, pretending it doesn't exist. Now it, I mean, who knows if it's actually going into production at the moment, anyways? But assuming it does, I I just can't imagine that everything turns out exactly as they planned two years ago with all the issues they seem to have had. Um, I have a question. If that would be the case, that they have like a thicker version or it doesn't work in the same way that they expected originally, do you think they would still call it AirPower? Yeah. The name yeah. is good. I mean, the name is good, but if it's not actually what they envisioned, maybe they like a good way of getting out of that and getting out of the fact that it's not what they actually envisioned it would be to change the name? I don't think so. No? No. That's just even weirder. Then you have, I don't know, uh, wireless charging mat and everyone's still talking about air power now I just think it will be air power will be whatever it is if it comes if it <laughs> if it comes out um, and uh, we just pretend the in- initial announcement never happened so when do you when is the expectation this will this will come out I mean who knows what would you guys expect? Do you think this is something that needs to be announced? Like they wait till the March <laughs> event? Or would it be something that's so just silently was, coming out? I was thinking about this um, yesterday, actually, while listening to the latest episode of ATP, mm-hmm. where they were talking in the after show about when the, the Mac Pro will come. We, I guess we're expecting the Mac Pro to be a 2019 product. that they put it in the after show. Yeah, yeah. And I think they did record it earlier in the show because there was some reference to something that they would talk about later. Yeah. But um yeah. I think I think it had a shaky start to the um like the chapter had a a shaky start, so they didn't want to put it in the main show. Mm -hmm. As in like that might have been the first thing they had after they started recording. Yeah. Um, I know we do that sometimes where we we chop and change the order of things. No, our order is perfectly better. fine from the first from the minute we start to record it. We actually don't edit. We just talk, and it comes out perfect. Yeah, That's yeah. Well, you know the we, coffee yeah, cup sounds too. They are never actually added in. We just do that. Oh yeah, perfectly every time yeah. as well. Not yeah. per, cool. but not on purpose. Just happens. That's how good we are. Coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I just you know we're going to change topics, and you put your cup down. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. When um, else would you put your cup down? Before the topic is over? What kind of crazy person are you? Absolutely crazy. Anyway, going back to when AirPower might be announced, uh, if it's entering production, that means it's ready, going to be ready soon, probably within a few months. And that Mm -hmm. was leading me to wonder if there's going to be a March event. Now, there's definitely a few things they could announce at a March event. Um, We potentially have AirPower. We definitely have iMac updates. Like, we need iMac updates. Uh, the mm-hmm. MacBook Pro probably doesn't need an update yet because I think that update was, like, August or September, something like that. Yeah, um, I mean, they could I mean have I'd like love to see a MacBook bump. Pro update, but I don't think I don't think we will so soon. Um, that's probably something more t- for towards the end of the year. But then there's also potentially the Mac Pro if it was ready. I know yeah. that WWDC would be uh, better from an audience perspective, yeah. but from what we know about WWDC, there's already going to be so much that's being announced at WWDC that does have a strong developer focus. Now, announcing a Mac Pro at WWDC doesn't necessarily make sense. I know that developers are the target audience for it, but it doesn't it doesn't make a difference 
uh, it's like it's not a new developer tool. And I think if if WWDC is going to be so jam packed with developer tools and uh, new features for software and things like that, then maybe it does make sense to keep it hardware free and announce it earlier in the year. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I feel like this is the perfect way of making people at DubDub happy. I think releasing the Mac there would be good. I mean, obviously, people would be happy if it's released in March as well. As well, But I think this is just like, what do you say, the cherry on top? Like, having a Mac Pro at DubDub is something that people will be very excited about. And software is exciting, but I think people always think it's quite enjoyable when there is some hardware sneaking into those announcements, too. Sure, and that's the thing, right? If if we look at the last few um, events that Apple had in in March, or in general the spring events, it tends to be uh, education focused, cheaper, like cheaper iPad or some creativity things. Has or this originally school. also been a uh, music? Uh, I mean, that, that, that was on only, how far that was only one event for the cheaper iPad because it used to be an there used to be an iPad event event in March with flagship yeah. iPads. Oh yeah, that's true. I was just thinking that put. There potentially could also be a if if Apple is um, actually going into the, which they most likely do, if they are going into the uh, movie or TV show um, industry, that could potentially be something that they are bringing up in March. Good point. New Apple TV even to go along mm-hmm. with it. I, I think I look. I think that there's enough there if they wanted to do a March event, assuming all this stuff is ready on time. Because yeah. if and- you sit back and think about WWDC. There's Marzipan, there's iOS dark mode, there's probably going to be some buddy build stuff, there's talk of a few other things going on for iOS. I think WWDC is going to be pretty jam-packed as it, as it is. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense but to do it think, in, at WWDC, but I think I, I think it's feasible to not do it at WWDC. But I also think that WWDC is yeah, it is a developer event, but I also think you if you have a hardware product that's being released during that time it's going to get more attention by surrounding media it's i would think it's always a little bit strange having one event where you don't release any hardware because it's not people outside of the tech tech community won't have any new products coming out of that type of event and i'm thinking if you have an event it's sort of expected to release some hardware i know it's very different because it's meant to be developer focused but i think the general media might not Focus. They they might not focus on new things that come out for Xcode or new things that are coming out for developers. So that's why I think having a hardware product helps with the coverage of that too. Yeah, but also I guess Mac Pro isn't mainstream. I mean, if you had MacBook yeah. Pro updates at WWDC, that is mainstream news. A lot of people buy and use the MacBook Pro. Um, I wonder how many people reading mainstream news sites who don't care about, say, iOS 13 actually care about a Mac Pro update. Anyway. I mean, it kind of depends, right? It depends really on how how those events will be framed. I don't see a education and and I don't know um, entry level product event, and then there is a twenty thousand dollar Mac Pro. That would be weird. How do you you know? No, no. I'm assuming I'm assuming March would be a, a consumer product event like iMacs, and that's uh, why potentially I think it's Apple still TV weird. Is it's a weird pod, combination. Then if even if you would have right you would have uh new iMacs not iMac Pros um you would have not iMac Pros I to me it would make more sense to have the consumer line right we're okay. still waiting yep. for an updated MacBook that wasn't updated last time there's that's kind of outstanding or the MacBook Pro 13 inch that to me kind of makes sense for for a March event because they're kind of more the low end uh, cheaper devices in their classes 
Wait, wait, did you say MacBook Pro 13-inch? Yeah, the, without touch bar. Oh, without touch okay. Oh, I, do you think that will actually happen? I thought that product is not really... Whatever, I, I, maybe the, the product itself changes, right? Yeah. But I, I feel like those types... I of... just, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Air came out very recently. The upgraded MacBook also came out. I feel like there's not really a consumer-facing event for Macs in general. Unless... I think, if anything, it would be like the iMac, but... It's weird to do that by itself. It sort of makes sense to do it with the Pro. I feel like it's really hard to predict this time around because we're on the brink of so many larger changes that Apple will have, right? Because the arm the arm change is kind of at the horizon too. Mm-hmm. And there is like, are we going into the super like low end for, and portable for, for arm? Or do we go to the other extreme and like is the uh, Mac Pro arm? I, I, I'm definitely... Ten, my tendency is more towards the MacBook and potentially the 13-inch MacBook yeah. with, uh, without mm-hmm. Touch Bar or whatever that product will become. For that to go on rather than the Mac Pro, just because, I mean, there are so many things that wouldn't run on that Mac Pro otherwise, um, which would just be, you know, if, if you wouldn't have uh, a lot of the Pro tools available on your on your $20,000 Pro computer, that would just be a horrible... Like, how do you sell that? How would you sell a Mac Pro that runs ARM but doesn't run Photoshop? I'm like, oh, well, I guess this is another dead product now. That's why I think it definitely has to go into kind of the low end first. Um, so, but I feel like March, I don't know why. I have no reason to believe that. But March just feels too early for that. And I do think, I mean, there will definitely have to be a developer information around that dead arm thing so it feels too early but it gotta happen sometime you can't do everything at dubdub because then dubdub is just this crazy packed event of of yeah. imax and no one and arm right? arm max and mac pros and a huge ios 13 update and watchOS uh update it would be great. Just... like this would be an awesome year. but what 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 would that be like a five-hour keynote yeah like, i would i wouldn't it's mind it's like a SoCast <laughs> episode or something <laughs> yeah. imagine I, the I editing just... on that i did just think of something so i mean the the mac pro isn't necessarily going to be on i think that's i think that's probably doesn't matter as much but i, I do see a point about the developer um the developer implications if it is arm but so if it was a March event, if we had a March event and they were talking about like TV content deals, as Marlon said, um, I could see a transition where like halfway through and they're like, right, so talking about all these content deals and new Apple TV and all that. And how are people going to create this content on the new Mac Pro? Woo! And then I they're feel like, like, that's the bridge I would make if I had an event. But it's also Apple, difficult. If you want to do that, I will sell you that idea for a very <laughs> low price of a million dollars. No but biggie. also, I mean, those are marketing events for Apple, right? It, it it would be hard to invite the right people for that event. If you start off with like all this media stuff, you definitely want to have a completely different audience in your theater compared to Mac Pro. I just feel like it's it's it needs but to realistically, be. Realistically, how much stage time does the Mac Pro get? Like over or under ten minutes? I my money would be on under ten minutes. Yeah, but I mean, it has to be in the uh, in the fancy black room for Johnny, right? Where where they talk about all that. And if it's modular, the fancy uh, black room. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, pro hardware is always announced in in a black room instead of the white room. Is that actually a thing? I don't think so. I don't think they have Johnny. I've I mean, there. at least the videos are like the devices. Oh, okay. The black devices are shown in a black room. So throw it in Apple Park Theater, Steve Jobs Theater, and that room can get pretty dark. <laughs> but then, that's the thing, right? <laughs> then um, then you have this crazy um 
you, you got to talk about it. If it's if it's this crazy expensive computer that people have been waiting for since 2013, yeah. Yeah. it's modular. You have to explain what this modular means, right? You can't just say, here's a Mac Pro. This is a like 30-second teaser and we're moving on. Yeah. If it's ready. If they just want to tease it, similar to what the Mac Pro... I honestly reckon if if it gets stage time at all, it will be less than 10 minutes, no matter what event, even if it's dubbed up. No, I, I don't see up, it getting it any kind of significant stage time. No, it would be at least 15 minutes because then they would also add a monitor to it. But dub dub is so... Okay, that, that would be separate, but dub dub is going to be so jam-packed anyway. And I think last year's dub dub keynote pushed up, it was almost like two and a half hours or something. Like it's way longer than usual. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they can dedicate fifteen minutes to a Mac Pro on yeah, stage. I just feel they could. They could cut down the amount of time they spend talking about iOS and macOS. There's often a repetition uh, between WWDC and the September event. It feels like many things that are released in iOS are often being repeated there, and that's often because they want consumers to know more about the things that they talk about in the Good September point. event. Yeah. And I feel like. This like last year there was a lot of things, especially with like ARKit and CoreML, um, that were sort of repeated on those two events, and I feel like that's something they could cut down on DubDub this year, especially since that's something they will go through in more detail at um, State of the Union and at the sessions. So I think they could mm-hmm. potentially make that a bit shorter. I, I, Although I just feel at like the same iOS... time, iOS thirteen is probably going to be big, considering that um, there. The advancement in iPads sort of indicates that there might potentially be a separate iOS version for both iOS, for iPads and phones. I mean, it really depends, right? It, it really, that's that's why it's so hard for me to structure that because there are so many big things. I mean, iOS 13, I mean, we, we're just overdue for like a larger iPad update to iOS, right? I, I mean, it might even be the year of iPad OS. Um, and if that's the case, that will... Just... We're going to have nothing to talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but Apple will have a lot to talk about uh, during their show. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so uh, that will be a big event, right? And yeah. it needs to be because, I mean, it, it would be a, a large amount of effort that Apple put into iOS or in iPadOS will will have to be presented then. So that will get a lot of uh, time. That might mean that iOS itself, like for, for iPhones, might get less uh, attention this year, which is tends to kind of happen, right? macOS is probably not big unless we have the ARM thing. When Then it might be huge. Plus, Marzipan stuff is probably uh, going into its next phase where where some developers can play with that. But then that might be not needing as much stage time during the keynote and more move into State of the Union. But then also the stuff with like potential developer... Uh, like, I mean... We haven't seen a new Xcode beta in a while, so maybe larger Xcode features, but they might also get more time during State of the Union instead. It's just it, because there are so many big things coming up, it's it's really hard to figure out when. But I do think the media stuff will not be during DubDub. That no. needs to happen. March seems like the appropriate time for that. Yeah, I think that's either a March thing or a thing before Christmas next uh, this year. Because you also don't want to, like, something like video content is not a very, f- I don't feel like this is a popular thing to release in summer either, because people don't watch TV in summer. So that's why I feel like they're probably not doing that. Um, I don't know. It's just... How, like, I, I just wanted to say that, like, how, why do we keep on assuming that WWDC, WWDC is going to be structured the same way this year, like, did 
like it has been every other year. Like I noticed there are more conferences nowadays. I don't know, maybe I'm just more aware of other type of conferences. It feels like many other conferences don't only have one keynote. They potentially have multiple keynotes across, like spread across the week. What do you mean with conferences? Companies? Yeah, companies and conferences. So something like... Um, Google I.O.? Yeah, Google I.O., I think AWS. But is also a week. It is a week, but there's only one keynote. Uh, I mean, the State of the Union, and I actually think this is, we spoke about this last year, um, the the keynote keynote was very non-developer focused. I think I definitely walked out of there going, what is new this year? I have no idea. Um, and I think I think you both felt the same. Uh, yeah. But we had lunch mm. after the keynote. But then we went into into State of the Union and we walked out feeling a bit better. Like, oh, okay, there is actually some pretty cool new stuff in Xcode, new stuff. But in- overall, yeah. last year was light, right? Last year was light. It was, it was, yeah. Throughout. Yeah, yeah, in general it was, yes. But I think that shift of uh, WWDC keynote is for developers is not, it is definitely shifting. It's not necessarily the case anymore. It is still a consumer yeah. But uh, it, is, it is now a consumer show, I guess. That's what I want to go towards. Like maybe there are like actual two consumer events. So like right now it feels like you have the main uh, keynote and then you have everything else. Like the rest of the week is very focused on developers. But they could potentially have something like two events that are more customer facing uh, rather than just trying to put it all in one. I don't I And this think is something so. I mean, I have Apple to- already has three or four events a year. And they're all, realistically, they're all consumer-facing, right? So you usually have the, the spring event, then you have the summer dub-dub, then you have a special event uh, in, in autumn, and sometimes even a second one. Yeah. I, I feel like Apple wouldn't want to have more events. I mean, it, it just, I don't I, I don't think that's likely. For for the for the media content, it is, I mean, I, I, I want to talk about, uh, Apple's TV service uh, in general some more. I don't know if we get to it uh, during this recording or... But before it's out, we should definitely talk some about um, Apple's shift in, in the service direction. Um, uh, I mean... What did I want to say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you had to have such a long disclaimer about something we're not going to talk about. It is It is just... It is very different, right? There, there is... Um, it is purely... A service that is competing with existing things. Usually, Apple's uh, Apple services are not. I mean, it's not usually taking the strengths Apple has as a company, or at least traditionally had as a company, and applies them to those industries. Like Apple Music, there's like not a lot of reasons until unless you really don't want to use Spotify that, that makes Apple Music significantly better than Spotify, right? For most things, Spotify is probably still ahead in in a lot of aspects um, as a music streaming service and a shared playlist and kind of this discovery thing. Um, and I, I think that's why... I mean, they're, they're great revenue sources, right? Apple has a service that is similar to other music services, but they make money. That's great. And they can push it with their own platforms. So they make a lot of money from that. I, I with the TV service and especially now with all the announcement that um, Apple's TV service or at least Apple's current uh, uh, services will be that they will be available on third-party TVs uh, makes me feel like this might be even more of that. I don't think those third-party apps on on Samsung TVs and Vizio TVs and w- what else they're coming out for they're probably not what you would consider the most polished Apple user experience that you might 
be used to from being an Apple user for a long time. It is it is very it appears to be very strongly a service that competes with other services without having the core values of or the core uh, benefits of traditional Apple products. I mean, it will make them a lot of money, probably. It will be competing with Netflix, but it's not kind of the same tie-in to 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 Apple devices. That's why I think it that is the best possible thing to break out of any other announcements, right? You don't need a new iPad to to talk about your TV service. Everything we already have will work. You you probably don't even need a new Apple TV. I I think it seems like the story might even be more in a in in a direction of it will be available everywhere um but you might be able to have this kind of apple apple service pack <laughs> uh that sounds like a windows service pack update anyway like this this kind of service apple apple uh, premium service where you get like a combination of things right where you get apple music and apple's tv streaming service in kind of one low payment of 15 bucks a month or something but it, it to me that is feeling like super independent of anything else. So yeah, we no, can... I agree, and I, I think I, I, I thought of that. I, I, that's that's sort of what I think. I feel like it doesn't really belong with anything else. So it makes sense if you're gonna release other things like Air Power and hopefully new headphones or at least a case for the headphones. Um, it makes sense to put Apple like TV services in there too. I'm just not, not sure if that's enough for a whole event. Yeah, I, I think as I said, my, I mean, my point is more that been, can go anywhere, right? I don't think rumors. there's a natural fit for that. Yeah, but there's also been rumors about uh, potentially Apple potentially releasing other headphones that are more like over-ear headphones. So if they also with this um, video streaming service, if they also bound in, if they also incorporate something like a music streaming service like Apple Music and an update to Apple Music, it fits very nicely together with uh, audio in general. And potentially, we could even get a new HomePod. I know this is—I don't think this is anything that's been rumored, but it was a while ago the HomePod got an upgrade, so that yeah. could potentially fit. I mean, to me, that that feels a bit like a stretch. I—I I, I feel like the Apple service, TV service might just be very independent from anything else. Just because, I mean, sure, you can somehow make it a thing that, oh, you have new headphones and you can now use them to watch our TV service. But it feels like that's a stretch, right? That's why I think. So you think it might potentially be similar, like in the the same way that like the last Mars event, March event um, was a a education-focused event, this might actually be a completely different audience. So it's actually very focused on the streaming service that they're going to announce. Yeah, I mean, it it still makes sense, right? Uh, To me, a March event that has um, updated, uh, has AirPower, has updated AirPods, has even over-ear headphones, and Apple's music, uh, Apple's TV streaming service, sounds like a March event. They're usually not as exciting anyway. It seems like hey. you can you can get a lot of time out of talking about all the amazing shows you're producing and yep. showing how they tie in nicely with other things. I feel like that that might be enough for a um And that would also help with uh, the audience difference. Like it feels like like you said Kai you're going to invite very different people to uh, something that's focusing on their streaming content mm. uh, compared to a WWDC event. So it makes sense, but back to the original question or what we spoke about before. Like, where is the Mac Pro fitting in? Do you guys still think it might happen in the Mars event? Or do you think it would wait? I, I put Dub- my money on, on DubDub yeah. for the Mac Pro. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think original question was, <laughs> where does AirPower fit? 
Yeah, Mars event. March? Okay. Unless it doesn't get an event. Yeah, I like that's also possible because they might not want to highlight it after mm. it's been so dramatically delayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, we could find a nice uh, nice press release um, next week. But it's going to happen to to the iMac, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if we're not yeah. seeing like a significant to update Pro. to the iMac, then just make it a press release yeah. now, faster yeah. CPU. Well, the MacBook Pros to to get the new Intel chips with extra cores and all that that was just a press release. I mean, they don't have to do an event. It's kind of I I think with the MacBook Pros at least these days, it's kind of like well, if they don't have a new new design, if we have an event, we can announce them at. Great. If we don't, let's just put it in a press release, and it probably doesn't yeah. matter. I feel like that's how it used to be with the old spec bumps when you had uh, two updates every year. I think um, yep. the second update throughout- glory days. Yeah, yeah. The second <laughs> update for a model tend to be just a spec bump, and it was very silent. They released it was something that wasn't usually getting an event. Yeah, but um, I think, like spec bump doesn't re- need to, right? That's that's what I'm saying. If the iMac is just a spec bump, then just just make it a press release. Um, if the iMac is a major redesign, then you should show that because I mean, makes sense to show. Like, if you make significant improvements to your product, tell people about it. So I think there's also a very valid, po- very possible chance that. Uh, by the time this episode is released, depending on when this episode is released, we'll have <laughs> uh, new a new round of betas. So like twelve point two, I guess, because I know in the past like say three or four years, the point three update has shipped in beta in January and been a thing. Uh, it's been a fairly major update. Like the point one and point two updates haven't been so significant, but point three generally brings new features. Um, so I guess we can expect to see, I know they're not up to point three now, but like a 12.2 um, beta later this month could ha- could have a bunch of somewhat meaningful um, improvements and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, what would you expect to be in this update? Because I think last it's year... It's hard to know because they tend to surprise... Yeah. Like I think I think the, the year they brought in Night Shift, that was dropped in a... A nine point three update, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it could also tie like if they do a, a new round of updates it, and they're going to be released, say around March, when wow, maybe they're going to announce some TV content deals. Uh, it could also be a bunch of uh, an app or two related to that. Uh, you know, improvements to the TV app or or updates to the Apple TV software, or however it's going to be, um, so that people can access that content. That could be a heavy focus of the next, I guess, minor rounds of updates from Apple. It's a possibility. Mm. I mean, we also haven't seen... Um, I mean, that also means we probably would see Xcode 10.2. I don't yes. think we have yeah. any betas of that, which probably... I mean, it's at least a weak indication that uh, iOS 12.2 will have some kind of new type of feature that would be... Uh, somehow accessible by developers, or at least uh, yeah. But like, on, I, I, I'm just wondering, like, what what do you guys think would require a bigger update? I feel like last year, I think it was the iMessage update. Um, I think Siri has potentially gone out of beta in a point three update when Siri came out. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I have a feeling that happened uh, because there's Siri so, yeah. There's sometimes developer tool yeah, tooling updates yeah. as well. Right. So do you feel uh, like I think the, there, um, the App Store something... review prompt was in a point three yeah. update a couple of years ago? So AR kit one point five. 
So is there something uh, that yeah. you feel Apple spoke about last year that was supposed to come out that hasn't come out or that is not in the state it was supposed to be in? I was thinking maybe something like um, different support for, um, what is it called, for shortcuts. Could potentially be something more focused on that. Quite possibly, yeah. I was probably expecting shortcuts updates at WWDC, but I think it could make sense to do like a shortcuts 1.5 for developers with a with a couple of new things. Mm. Um, so that's a good yeah. point, actually. It, it is, yeah, this this year is difficult. I mean, also uh, Siri is kind of due for some some updates. I mean, it, I know it's gradually getting getting better, but I think at some point Apple would want to have a bigger update to talk about hey siri is now significantly better in this ways and want to show off what what has improved and i mean that also seems to be due uh in the near future there's so many things that uh, that seem to be um i mean they kind of build up over time right like siri didn't seem to get any significant feature wise updates in a while um i mean siri shortcuts and those kind of things but like as siri as an ai uh, component. What do you? What would you want from Siri though as an AI component? I mean, just HomePod being able to discern voices would be huge. <laughs> I mean, that is super frustrating. I know. I mean, Zach, you probably don't watch uh, American football, um, but there is this annoying ad where it's saying, uh, "Hey, device, uh, show me the football scores." And every single time the HomePod, it's because our HomePod is right next to the TV. Every time the HomePod starts telling me all the college football scores, it's just super silly. Do you know what the solution is to oh, watch real sport? <laughs> you mean real sport that don't, that Siri isn't aware of? <laughs> yeah, those ones. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just annoying, right? I mean, it it, it it it's it's weird when your advertisement for a product annoys yeah. every customer you already have. Uh, Amazon is kind of playing with frequencies so it wouldn't trigger but apple doesn't do that and i mean wasn't there a thing with the google home for a while that for example if if people in youtube videos yeah talk to it they actually indexed those voices so that it wouldn't trigger your google home at home yeah there's something going on with with youtube yeah um i just think that kind of thing to be able to do stuff with different voices and siri just seems super overdue because Apple is definitely far behind. Yeah, and the this would be so there. useful too because it's not just about detection for the sake of like removing missed triggers. It's also yeah, like you more could have people separate... in the household. <laughs> yeah, you could also have like different calendars depending who is talking. Yeah, or if you want to send a message, uh, it will... it's not going to send it to your mother. It sends it to my mother. <laughs> yeah, those kind of things are that's, just silly. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Or you you asking? Uh, yeah what your day looks like and tells you the weather and then tells you all of my appointments. It's great. Yeah, it's just at the moment the HomePod is, I I like it as a device, but the Siri component is just not, I mean, it's definitely not made for anyone that lives with anyone else but themselves. And I I, I just feel that that needs to be addressed soon because it's, it's getting ridiculously difficult to use in a household with more than one person. Yeah. It's like they got the multiple timers now. Now they just need multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just feel like we have ARM coming up. We have definitely the Mac Pro coming up. We have an iPad, uh, larger iPad OS things coming up. We have Siri stuff coming up. It, it's going to be a big year. I'm excited. I think this will be a great just year. just a few things, hey. Yeah. yeah, but realistically, we have so many expectations for WWDC, and I think I haven't expected this much since 
Like I don't think I ever expected to be this many things released during that uh, during this event. But I think we might have to tone it down a bit, be a little bit more realistic. And I think certain things that have been rumored might not actually come out, or some things might be not as big as we expect. So something like Marzipan, I think it might not oh, be yeah, as big that. of a deal. Oh, man. Um, it all depends. But like I think, unfortunately, Marzipan hasn't really been well received by the community. And maybe this changes the way that Apple is focusing on it. Maybe that means they focus more on it, or it potentially means that they are not going to release it to um, release as big of a f- maybe they won't have it ready by WWDC just because they have been having to adopt to what people are saying. I don't, I don't, I, I just can't believe that Apple actually thought that was a polished, shippable... I don't know if they thought so, though. I mean, this is actually I mean, a good it. way. Yeah, but, I mean, those are apps that are very low-profile apps that aren't actually used. So all the, all the Marzipan projects haven't really been... There, were, there was no problem shipping those to the Mac. It hasn't been damaging for anyone. If anything, it's actually been enabling people to use those apps that they couldn't use before. It's arguable how good this experience is, but I think at least that gives them an opportunity to get some feedback on what people and what the developer community feel about this. Apple Apple has a lot of smart people, right? I don't think they needed needed people to say, hey, those apps all kind of suck and and window resizing performance really terrible. Also, uh, all those weird iOS dialogues are are strange. Date pickers are crap on a Mac. Uh, Mouse input doesn't really work. I mean, I don't think Apple was like, we thought all of those are amazing. Turns out they're not. I mean, they know. You don't... I don't think... I mean... I don't think they need feedback from from community to realize that this is not what people expect a Mac app to, to be like and behave like. Right? I mean, if you hope, yeah. If I you mean, open the home so app you expect them to have. There must be a different reason. I don't think they thought this was a great experience. There must have been another reason why they released this so early, and I think it might just have been because they wanted to show developers that they still care about the Mac and that they're still working on a solution. Um, but if that was the reason, they need to. I feel like there's a need to continue talking about it at WWDC this year. Yeah, uh, th- that thing is just confusing to me. I really don't understand what. How how we got to that point? I mean, there, it was rumored for a while. It could potentially be that they rather wanted to release it before it got leaked or before it came. But that makes no sense, rumored. right? If it's not ready, I I just don't think just because it's rumored, Apple is not going to to release a card that's half broken. Um, just because it's been rumored for so it's long. It's a bit. It's a it's a bigger it's a bigger issue to release a half broken card than a half broken. New septum. Yeah, but you don't have to release things just because people rumor them. I mean, Air, Air Power has been rumored and announced, and Apple decided not to to release it for a long time because yeah. it didn't work well. I don't understand how that's different. <laughs> but why? Why <laughs> we need to find some reasoning why? I know, is. but I I just I just can't think of anything that would. I, I, like you said, there are very smart people working at Apple. They must have had a reason for doing this. And that that's what makes it so frustrating to me because I can't. I mean. Maybe there was some type of plan to have more HomeKit stuff and therefore they wanted it to be in a Mac or some priorities shifted that would have made more sense. But now we're in a situation where we're in this kind of weird state where something else didn't work out and now now we have we're in a situation we're in and nothing appears to make sense but if you would have been involved it would have but i i I just can't imagine that this I, i just can't imagine that this is exactly what apple hoped for it to be right no no i mean obviously they didn't hope that hope that people would dislike it and no one want to use it but 
And it's probably uh, not that no one's using it, right? I, I mean, no, but people, I use it every now and then. It's yeah. just not. I, I, it it's not what I would like it to be. Uh, I know, but I don't know why they would do that. With like, there must have been some attention behind it. <laughs> I yeah. believe in. I believe in you, Apple. I believe you have reasons for what. You I mean, do. that's what I'm saying, right? There, there are smart people. Yeah. I mean, there, there is some some uh, reason behind that. I, I just, I, I just can't think of any based on all the information we do have. Anyway, so Alex, do maybe you have any? Do you have any predictions? Maybe that's another mystery that will be solved uh, by DubDub this year. This year will solve all our problems, apparently. Maybe this just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You don't really need marzipan for arm, Mar- but maybe it's... Huh? Mar- marzipan. Marzipan? Yeah. Yeah? You don't really need... <laughs> you pronounced it funny. I'm just trying to correct you. Thank you. Uh, you don't really need marzipan for the arm stuff, but maybe it helps to... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could also... Okay, I have an idea. Uh, I think there have been thoughts in the community and Caillou and I have been talking about that there potentially might be a separate iOS version for iPad and for um, the iPhone considering how much those two platforms sort of split apart now and how many how different people are starting to use it so potentially it could be for you to be like if this actually has a different operating system Marzipan might be making it easier for you to port apps to the iPad if it's not having the same basic operating system uh, like if they're not actually both running iOS there might be adaptations that you may need to do as a developer and something like Marzipan might be on the way there so more of a we make we make the experience on the Mac slightly worse to encourage people to make no, more, more like, stuff for iPad no no more like this is a project so Marzipan might not be a project to move iOS apps to Mac it might be a project to move iOS apps to iPadOS but they couldn't introduce it that way. They couldn't say, yeah, we're going to do this for iPadOS because iPadOS wasn't available. The only thing they had that would also support this porting system was um, macOS. So they needed to announce it that way and ex- make people experiment with it or understand what it will be by introducing it to the Mac. Because iPadOS will have a pointing input device. and Yeah. Yeah, that, that is actually not a bad guess. Thank you. Yeah, I think I like that. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that one. But I like it. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. Yeah, but also an iPad with a pointing input device. Please use a real computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I I think I like that. I, I will have to think about it some more uh, rather than out in the spot. But yeah, you will report back to me. Yeah, cool. I think it's not the last time we talk about that Mm-mm. idea. So, do you guys think there will be new AirPods anytime soon? Uh, just just asking for a friend. <laughs> <sighs> I uh, sure hope so. There's a few things they could do. But um, why might your friend be in need of AirPods? <sighs> Let's just say that my friend has a hole in one of her jacket pockets and oh, no. lost the case plus the right headphone. Oh, no. <laughs> Where was the left headphone at this time? It was in my ear because I'm a responsible person and I want to hear the traffic around me. You mean it was in, in your friend's ear? Yeah, yeah, it was in my friend's ear. Wait, your friend lent you their AirPods? <laughs> okay, this, obviously I lost my headphones. I feel terrible <laughs> about this. because In uh, case you hadn't got that. <laughs> 
I'm just gonna spell it out for people. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was I was wearing my left headphone and I put uh, I put my headphones. I thought I put my headphones into my pockets. Turns out they weren't in my pocket. And did that? I mean, they were briefly. They they must have been briefly been in my pocket. I must have dropped them while I was walking outside because, as I said, I had a hole in my in my pocket. Uh, and this is this is really strange. I think like I often hear about so many people who like misplace one of their headphones, but they tend to keep the case. I only have a headphone, and there's no way for me to charge it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Does... it's very frustrating. Kai's charging case would that work yeah but that's like that's very messy because I mean he is home during the day and then I don't want to mix them up either it's not very hygienic to change your headphones up so I'm just gonna hope for Apple to release something Um, and this is not a super exciting topic that I lost my headphone but one thing I noticed with this was that I had to since I had to go back I had to go back to use my wired headphones which is fine like it's not fine. I'm not happy about it, but it works. I can no, use my headphones. <laughs> I can use my headphones with my phone. Um, and I'm not a big fan of people complaining and still being grumpy about the fact that Apple took the headphone jack away. I really don't care. I feel like I moved on. I'm happy with my life. I don't need a headphone jack. I can still plug in headphones into my phone. There's no problem there. Like, even if I don't have AirPods, I can plug them in. Like, I just can use the wired ones. But what I think is really frustrating is that there's such an inconsistency now. And this is something I haven't noticed until I lost my headphones. Like, because when I'm at work, I'm in a lot of, uh, like, phone meetings or, um, like, Google Hangout meetings or Slack meetings. And then I tend to always plug in my headphones into my computer. Or I tend to use, like, I tend to reconnect my Bluetooth headphones to my computer. And there's no way for me to do that now, because if I bring the headphones that came with the phone, I don't have a converter to convert it to the computer. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. Like I feel like this is the problem that should actually be solved. I know that Apple always sends like an extra uh, adapter uh, with the headphones in case you have like a pair of Boost headphones or something like that that you want to plug into your your phone. But it's really the other way around. I feel like I get I get new headphones with the computer every uh, with my phone every time I buy a new phone, but I'm not going to upgrade my computer very often and my computer still has an old headphone jack and there is no way for me to convert this. Have Do, do you guys know if there's a, actually like a converter to do it the other way around? Because this is something that's really I, frustrating. I was just about to say, why don't you just plug the USB-C headphones into your Mac and then I realized that the iPhone is not USB-C. Exactly. Like that, <laughs> that's the problem. I don't mind that there is no headphone jack on the computer, on the phone and I wouldn't mind if there's nothing on the computer either but there's this inconsistency and there's no way for me to use the same wired across the board. I, I do think that's a <laughs> maybe another uh, wish list item for this yeah. year. But I do think in, in two or three years we will no longer have that problem. Yeah, I'm assuming that there might be... I feel like Apple might move over to using a different port on the phone and that will solve all my problems. Um, but I'm really, really hoping that there will be new headphones out soon. That's why I'm hoping for either a silent event, like a silent release of AirPower and then we get headphones too, or I guess I have to wait till March. Yeah, I think it's when AirPower is available, there will definitely be something because they did promise the AirPods wireless yeah. case. But yep. yeah, until then, who knows when it will be? Yeah, yeah. How good are the uh, the AirPods memes at the moment going around Twitter? Have you seen many of them? No, I'm no, Googling for it right now. I don't know what Never you're mind. talking about. Never mind. Then. I thought you were off Twitter. What happened, Zach? I'm back on Twitter. Are you feeling happy? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah? Because I think yeah. the same day that you went back, you sent us 
a tweet and you said, why did I go back to Twitter? Oh, yeah, something happened, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We can talk about this if you want. I don't remember um, what it was. I, I do remember now. So, um, I logged into Twitter and I think it was the same day we released the episode, like the last episode of this show or whatever. So, you know, I jumped on to tweet about it and, um, you know, I thought I'll browse through some tweets for a little bit. Anyway, um, what's his name? Federico Vitici, the mm-hmm. guy who runs Mac Stories and is like uh, hellbent on using an iPad to do work and swears that it is the only way and sort of loves the iPad. Anyway, um, he's pretty big into shortcuts. And uh, one of the first tweets I saw was him saying, hey, I spent two months building this shortcut to generate an Apple Music year in review. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, two months, that's a, that's a very long time to build a shortcut <laughs> to do a, a year in review. But hey, like, I you assume do he you, didn't man. spend like full time work. Oh, well, months. no, but still like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, with, with that amount of effort, you could have built a, a real app, but that's okay. Um <laughs> Anyway, then <laughs> I tried to use the shortcut and it didn't work. Like, the first couple of times it crashed. And, like, this is not his fault. I'm just, like, this is, I should get that out of the way. This is nothing to do with him. But it didn't work um, just because it's, like, a, a ridiculously long shortcut. Um, many hundreds of actions and, and alternative <laughs> paths that can be taken. And it's, it's ridiculous. And so, like, my phone struggled to handle it the first couple of times. And then, and oh, then yeah, when I did get yeah. it to work, it was not accurate um so i compared it to um i compared it to the apple music analyzer by pat murray that i mentioned on the show a few weeks ago and it was way off it seemed like this uh this shortcut for generating an apple music year in review similar to the spotify one i guess was very heavily skewed towards the last couple of months of the year like this looked like what i'd been listening to november and december only pretty much is there even um, a way of getting the data directly from your phone i didn't think so like historic I, he's done something data? i don't know what it is it asked for access to your music library um i didn't go through the the shortcut in detail because uh it was just ridiculously long and didn't make any sense it was kind of like it would kind of be like writing a whole app in mm-hmm. the one class um which you would just be which would be a pain to maintain anyway um so yeah that sort of and and it's like all that effort and this is again not to detract from his work but all that effort and it couldn't even get the most accurate data and i'm guessing that's a limitation of apple music and that's fair enough but still like it seems like a lot of effort a lot of wasted time um to build a shortcut when this type of activity can be done so much easier with a real app and that doesn't have to be like a mobile app it can be a web app as pat proved with his with mm-hmm. his apple music analyzer tool um so yeah that just i was a little bit um i, I was intrigued to see how it worked but I, I did kind of look at that and think wow this is this is a, a lot of a lot of work for a very um for not a lot of output and <laughs> sure shortcuts are, are capable and powerful i guess but i don't think this was the best use of uh, of shortcuts and it left me feeling a little bit um a little bit confused about where where sh- like the role shortcuts can play um and just it, it feels to me as though it would have been easier to learn programming yeah like i feel build like build this- a real program yeah and discard all this shortcuts work 
Because for me, I don't I feel mean, like it, this is what shortcuts are meant to do. It's not really meant to look at historical data in that way. For me, at least, uh, like I have, I haven't looked at what the teacher did, but no, it seems I agree. Like, I agree. It seems like it was quite a complicated prog- problem to solve in the first place. And if mm-hmm. you're gonna gather all that data and then present it, that would be a lot of work. For, like no matter how you do it, um, but for me, I feel like. The way shortcuts would fit in is like a small action that I ideally will be able to use Siri for instead. Like it's it's sort of meant to be more like an if this than that sort of behavior or uh, like an automatic behavior that ha- like yeah like something that happens when I do a different action or something that I can ask Siri for in order to do a stream of action, not necessarily not necessarily a big a big task like that that's how i see shortcuts but like to be fair we we spoke about this before yeah no absolutely agree because it does take a couple of minutes to run yeah and it just feels like you're stuck while while this thing is running you don't really know what it's doing and yeah then maybe it works maybe it errors out um you don't really know i mean it, it is essentially programming right it is programming just with yeah very it is programming i agree very yeah. tedious to use tools for but that's what i want to get to like i feel like that's not really what shortcuts was meant for it's meant for you to as a pro user or as a power user to be able to get more functionality out of your device but not necessarily write something for your device that's how that's just how i understood yeah. it and i think we're all we're all pretty big advocates for using the right tool for the for the job mm-hmm. um i think this is something we've spoken about at least briefly before and this definitely doesn't feel like the right way to uh to be doing it. and it, like I, I i need to say it again i'm not criticizing federico and what he's doing it just feels like shortcuts are not the best way to be doing these things that people feel like is they can only do with shortcuts if that makes yeah. sense so maybe that's um, the problem maybe it's either the fact that like it feels like People, people have a feeling that they want to have a more heavy use, like a bit more of a pro tool that they can use. But shortcuts is the only thing that's available for that. Or potentially shortcuts has just not been marketing as the product it actually is supposed to be. And that might be another problem. Like it just feels like it's not really how it's meant to be used. But I'm not sure if that's because people feel like there is a lack of what they actually want. Like they, 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 they try to fill a hole or are they just misunderstanding how to use shortcuts? I mean, the thing is, if you wanna if you wanna use an iPad and you wanna develop for that very iPad, there are not a lot of ways of doing that with Apple native tools, right? Shortcuts is yeah. kind of so that your might be option. what's mis- it's missing just, here. Um, I I just think we're still a bit away from having the abilities to do all the things we want to do in in more traditional programming. So and we just want Xcode for iPad, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Probably not in its current form, but in general, sure. It's just, to me, this feels more like an academic exercise, and that's fine. Uh, it's it's probably not a recommendation to to put all your development efforts into making shortcuts instead of apps. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not super bothered by it. It's just something that I would never do. Yeah, no, I think this more raises an interesting question that... I, or it it raises something like an interesting thought process like what if this is what people want to use their devices for maybe that's something 
maybe there's an opportunity for Apple to get in there. But I mean, it's it's a person, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, if, there are people who we, use shortcuts thing, right? in a heavier way than they are really. I, I said that last time. I don't think you have to only do the things that are the best at what you're trying no. to accomplish. Sometimes you might want to do things for fun, and if you think that's fun, that's that's you know. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever you you enjoy doing, as long as it's uh, legal and not harming anyone, go for it. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to, op- I mean, it's also I think we do have different approaches to that because we've all we are all or have done at least as uh, software development uh, in in our free time and. Uh, in our profession, who of us is not a software developer? I don't know. <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who are it's you the saying? greater. It's the greater us. Okay. Uh, and uh, therefore, there is more of a desire to optimize those flows because it's like, why would I want to spend three times as long on something that I could, you know, if, if I don't think it took Pat mu- multiple months to build his uh, his analyzer. Um, and that's not because he is necessarily uh, working on it twenty four hours a day, just but rather that he used tools that are more that are lending themselves better for for the task he wanted to do. So there, there was more of a desire of building something nice that is maintainable, uh, easier to debug. I mean, shortcuts doesn't really have a good debug flow either, right? Um, and I mean, if you if you make something available for a lot of people, a lot of people will have different sets of data, and you will kind of run into different issues that you didn't think of yourself and that you didn't run into yourself. And then having a way of debugging that and improving that is just there are tools that lend themselves for that, and others that are not. But I don't think his desire was to build something um, that is a a tool that. He's trying to get everyone to use... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think he was hoping to build it as quickly as possible either. It's sort of like Kai and I were talking about earlier, uh, whether you should use something like a hand grinder or like uh, a more like manual way of making your coffee rather than using a like electronic grinder or an espresso machine. Mm -hmm. And we were saying that like sometimes people just like using the older tools or the more manual tools because like it's part of the process it's something that they enjoy and it's like i'm sure that federico might not have picked this just because he thought even if he thought it was the most efficient way of doing it federico yeah i also i just don't think it was the reason wasn't that he thought this was the most efficient way the reason was because he wanted to use shortcuts for something i would assume and I think there's just, and I think mindset, I think that's right? fine. I think I think that's a shows, choice you do for certain reason. But like we mentioned in earlier episode, I think as long as you're aware of the downsides of what you're doing and the alternatives, I think that's fine. And I mean, it's still a decent example of showing that shortcuts is quite powerful, um, but not necessarily good good showcase for how to build something the most efficiently. Yeah, I also assume that Federico would have been running this on his... Still Federico. Federico would have been running We don't know what Craig does in his free time. <laughs> I assume that he would have been running this on his... I assume he would have the latest iPad and that might be a more powerful device than your phone, Zach. No yeah, no offense to your phone. You need all that uh, power to parse. My uh, phone is so <laughs> offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to you and your small phone. <laughs> no, no, but I think um, I think that might have been potentially a little bit of an ex- it, it might have been a better user experience for him considering that this device would have been significantly newer yeah no definitely and it, like he can do what he wants and, and use shortcuts to demonstrate cool things but it just just looking at it and sort of running it on my own phone it just feels like 
yeah. there are more efficient ways to achieve mm. yeah. this yeah. same outcome. And I guess shortcuts are cool, but, you know, how, how appropriate as a tool is it for this kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah. But that's my point, right? There's just a very different mindset. You would look at a problem and you would think, how can I solve this in the most uh, efficient and uh, maintainable way? And he looked at, I want something and I try to do it with shortcuts. (laughs) Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I think as long as there is that understanding that there might might be more efficient ways as well. And Mm. I guess um, that... If you are like if you're building shortcuts as complex as this, it's really impressive. There's no way that programming is not accessible to you um, as well. So I think it, I'm not saying that he should have built it with in another way, but it's more just like have that understanding that you you know programming is not inaccessible, uh, especially if this is the kind of stuff you're able to pull off with shortcuts. That's quite impressive. So mm. yeah. yeah, but anyway, speak, speaking of uh, people having different priorities, uh, have a look at that screenshot i just sent you Kai, you know this is not a visual podcast right i know i will i will make a chapter out or something or i just get zach to describe what he's seeing there so zach kai sent you something do you want to explain what this is <laughs> okay so i see a map uh-huh. with like half of europe um some of it is blue that's water <laughs> some of it is darker blue that's not water that's actually land and then some of it is like normal gray, greeny map colors. Yep. Um, it looks like something is selected, like the, the bluish parts or the selected parts or something. Mm-hmm. All I see is that Germany and Austria basically don't have as much blue as the rest of Europe. <laughs> and uh, blue is, apart from water, Germany doesn't have a lot of water, as you can see, too. But the blue we're talking about here is um, the availability of street view. So This is uh, interesting. It is. It is. I, I, I forget that, right? Because I, I left Germany. I don't remember when. Martin, it's probably better with years. I will just guess nine years ago. Am I in, in the right? Probably. What? Okay. Sounds, sounds, about, sounds reasonable. Yeah. So I, I left Germany. Let's let's just go with it now. You're not uh, in Germany now. Yeah, yeah. I left Germany like nine years ago and lived in other places. And sometimes, I mean, it's weird, right? Because you're kind of born in a place and you grow up for a while. And You grow up for a while? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Then yeah. you stop growing. I don't know. I don't think we have to go into too much biology. That's not really a topic here. Um, but then I left and I lived in, in, in other countries. And sometimes I just forget what how how germany is very different from the rest of the world and one example of that was or actually two examples came up when i talked to um uh some germans recently and one of them is that uh, i was talking to people and they t- uh, try to find a place to live and what i would usually do if if i moved to a place uh, i would use some street view and kind of look at the area yeah because get. that's really good because if it's like a slightly dodgy neighborhood you might be able to f- figure that out by looking at the street yeah and it's kind of nice right you kind of see what the streets look like you kind of see if there are parks nearby and what the parks are like i mean you just see a green spot on the map otherwise but you might be able to see all right this is this is not really a park this is more of a soccer pitch or whatever um so that's kind of what i'm usually doing and i suggested that just use street view and go through and they're like oh there's no street view (laughs) it's like what do you mean there's no street view it was like in in a major city like a million plus people city in in germany i'm like yeah there is yeah. no street view yeah so if you look at this map that's uh, uh, that kai sent you zach it's like 
it's literally all, all of Germany that's just white that doesn't have street view. There are definitely some spots here and there, but like the majority of country just doesn't have any street view at yeah. all. And and it's around. Yeah, it looks like some of the major cities do. But yeah, but that's why also is that? that's also only from the uh, zoomed out level. If you zoom further in, so on this map, kind of the, the largest cities do seem to have street view, like Berlin, Hamburg, Cologne, Munich. Um, but if you zoom further in, even those places, like those kind of major world cities, mm. even those are spotty. Yeah, and many of them only have a street view where it was one person standing there taking a 360 view, but yeah. they don't have any drive-through street view, so you can't actually move with the streets at all. Yeah, and and that kind of just shows culturally, and it's surrounded, right? All The rest of Europe, there is street view everywhere. Like, even if you go countryside UK or France or wherever... Like, wherever you want to go, you, you have street view almost everywhere. Uh, Germany doesn't. And then even the places where where um, you might have street view available, like uh, certain, like the, the uh, downtown area of Berlin, for example. And then you look at that and they have half of all the buildings are blurred. And that kind of brings you closer to why, why the, the street view uh, build out in Germany is so spotty. German Germans just have a very very different attitude towards privacy and those kind of technological advancements. <laughs> um, so in Germany, uh, Ger- there was a law that was passed that in Germany people have the right to blur their properties. So Google had to build this custom thing that if you send a request that you want your ha- home to be blurred, that Google has to uh, follow that and then blur your home yeah. in street view and this is not just like i mean and everywhere else they blur people's faces and i think they blur some texts and stuff like that but this is literally like the whole you can see like a, like a a, a a street with ta- townhouses and like every second townhouse is just gonna be blurry and then you look at the one next to it and you, it's quite obvious how the other one looks like even if it's because some of them aren't blurry so it's it's very it's very strange it's the same with apartment blocks sometimes you just have like one floor that's just blurred <laughs> yeah, out it's it's just one floor that is being blurred um and i just i don't know i i thought it was interesting because i as i said i i left a while ago and i forget those things i just look i just dropped the the uh the street view um a person in a random street in in Cologne, just to to show you what that look like, looks like, and they're just like f- f- multiple homes next to each other that are just blurred. So I just sent you a screenshot of what that looks like too. It's just absurd. Um, and I was I didn't look for that. I just picked a random location in 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 the city of Cologne, and oh, that's wow. what I found. That's like a whole building. But that's a weird thing too. It's not a whole building, right? It's yeah, it's, like it's, one of the building continues. It's, it's like the middle it's specific section yeah. of of buildings. It's like somebody's put sticky tape over a photo. <laughs> yep, and it's 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 so strange. And and I I often forget about how how you you kind of think right. Europe they're all kind of the same. Germany is very particular about those things. Yeah, like when it comes to privacy, it feels like they have a very different focus. And I think. Uh, I, I think you also mentioned before, Kai, that some of your friends in Germany still turn their phones off 
yeah. on, a, on a daily basis because they don't want people to be able to track their phones and see mm. where they're going. And this is not because they're going to sketchy places. It's just they don't want to know people to know where they're having food, for example. And I mean, they're, they're, they're different kind of... I mean, there are different ways of trying to explain that, right? You could say... I mean, Germany had historically, like if you look at uh, the Second World War, there were databases where where the government tracked uh, uh, Jews, for example, to then find them later, um, which was, uh, I mean, clearly uh, a, a crazy misuse of the data for, for horrific things. And uh, that might be one of the reasons why Germans now try to protect as much of their data and, and protect as much of their privacy just because... I mean, in, in school and in history and in culture, you just learn about those kind of events a lot, right? So you're kind of more careful of the data you give because you know how it can be misused. Um, and that's just one. But then from there, we also kind of got into the discussion of because Apple Pay just recently launched in Germany. And apparently there were discussions about whether that is a good thing because that means Apple can now track all your purchases. And there was this huge debate where people say we will never use Apple Pay because... Uh, um, but people use credit cards, And that's though. the thing, right? And then that was my argument. Yeah. People use cards, right? I'm like, mm, no. Seriously? Oh, it's still in Germany, over 50% of transactions are still cash. So people just withdraw money and then they go and pay for it because they don't want people yeah. to know where they are buying stuff. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Yeah. So it's... it's like, I see where they're coming from, though. <laughs> I, yeah. I do see that, but it's 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 just so weird because now they there's still I think it's around fifty percent yeah. now, and you can also be reasonable. I know I know some people who decide not to sign up for things like store memberships because they don't want them to they don't want to get marketed they don't want to get targeted ads from the supermarket, for example, like those type of things. And I think that's reasonable that you might want to have some privacy. And there there have been stories about some people getting very personal advertisement that wasn't really like that 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 was just inappropriate for those people and i think it's can like i I certainly understand where they're coming from but something like credit cards i feel or apple pay in the first place i think yeah if this would be google you would maybe be a bit more concerned but if you would know how apple pay works people shouldn't be that concerned and i think maybe maybe that's it like people it's it's it seems like people have a lack of an understanding of what can happen with their data mm. but it's it also leads to this kind of in germany you have this tendency of uh, rejecting technology first just because it might be used for for malicious things and um that leads to a lot of those kind of slower adoption i mean i mean i talked to some to, to an australian at the moment but uh germany is probably uh not far away from from the australian rollout of fast internet it's just oh really yeah German huh. German internet connectivity is really really spotty, especially fiber. I mean, in most places, in in downtown Berlin, you wouldn't get fiber. This is very strange because I feel like in other sort of STEM areas, um, Germany is very far ahead in mm. other type of research. I'm very surprised that yeah. they are still so narrow minded. I guess not narrow minded. <laughs> it's not. It's, more, just, it's, it's caution, right? It's, it's culturally just very very different yeah. of how technology it, is approached, especially if you compare it to North America. Right here, it feels like everyone is just doing 
whatever they want, and then it's kind of the market deciding whether it will be successful or not, but it's not really a debate whether things are legal to be captured. It's like, take everything, whatever you want, and then we figure which, it out Yeah, later. which is not great either, it's right? Kind of because I feel like once it comes to a discussion where, where like the government might be able to get your data from companies like Apple and Google, people are starting to get worried. They're like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have uploaded all my things there. But that's something that's, like, if people have the precaution once... If people are worried about that once the once it starts like once it's more surfaced what this data will be used for that's too late right it's good that people in Germany are more cautious about it but i think if you know which companies that are doing what and how this technology is implemented i think you will be able to be a little bit more relaxed about it and maybe see i feel like rather than having that caution first i think you should maybe have curiosity first because then you can actually figure out where the line should be drawn rather than just throwing all the data to companies or rather than just rejecting all the companies i think you should find a middle ground. but it's interesting i think the uber rollout for example in germany is a good example of kind of showing the cultural difference in in the u.s uber's approach was let's roll out first and then we force legislation to somehow figure out how to deal with us right so they launched people said it we don't know if this is legit we don't know if you can do that and then they figured it out and made it work um, in Germany, they tried to roll out, I don't know, 2014 or something with the same same mentality. I mean, Americans, right? They they think whatever works for them works everywhere. Um, so I started rolling out in, in Germany in 2014. Um, and then... Uh, they were told, hey, legally, you're not allowed to do that. And uh, now we reject your services and uh, everyone can be fined and everyone's going to prison. Like, okay. Seriously? Yeah, it was, it was like super... It was like a super harsh... Yeah, it was like incredibly <laughs> wow. big rejection. So much so that Uber left and the entire this... German market for years. And was this I from still... the government or was this from people? Both, everyone. The general public. Yeah. Okay. Government mostly. But it was like... I think there were there were discussions about billions and fines and and I think now this year they're they're kind of trying to go back into the market but just this kind of approach right like this let's break in and figure it out that works in the US it just doesn't fly at all in Germany and it it is weird that means now in Germany fifty percent uh, of, of of transactions are still cash also means uh, you there are a lot of places you can pay with card. Like if you go to a farmer's market, there's no chance to pay with cards. Yeah, 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 I remember that when you when your family was visiting, they were very, very surprised when we like went to buy a coffee and we paid with card. They're like, well, yeah. you, you and can't in Germany, do that. you always have those kind of pretty high minimums. So if you're like a lot of places, you can only pay with card if you buy for at least uh, twenty dollars. Otherwise, you can pay with card. Um, or you have uh, like it would be absurd to go to a cafe order a latte and try to pay a three euro latte with with card that's just not going to work there and then you just go a few few meters north and you go to sweden and you have this exact reverse of this all your data lives with the government every person has an individual number that identifies them exactly including address and living conditions and how much money they make and what cars they drive and some of the data is even public for everyone so that was kind of the Swedish approach. Rather than having the data that only lives with the government, let's just make the data accessible for everyone. Because then you can't use it for malicious things, right, if everything is public. So if you would order something on, on Amazon or an Amazon equivalent, they will ask you for your person number. 
And that's all they need. It's sort of like a social security number, exactly. but easier to remember. <laughs> easier to remember <laughs> because it's usually a birth date plus four numbers. Um, so you would put that in if you order something online and you submit your order. And then they know where you live. They know whether they can send it to you first and you pay the invoice. So rather than the normal thing that you use in, in like Australia or Canada and US where you pay for something and then they send it it's often it's quite common in Sweden that you get something sent and then you pay the invoice when you receive your item and that's all coming from just is that because you can't really avoid the payment they know exactly who you are I mean they know exactly who you are they know whether you're I mean they they do know kind of something similar to a credit score so they kind of know whether you're trustworthy or not if you're not they might ask you for payment details or if you're if you're new in the country right if when i moved there and i got my personal number i think the first time i tried to order online they asked me to pay and then after ordering like 10 10 15 times and i've had some kind of scoring then i could order and pay after receiving the item but it's it's just very very different, and also that means in Sweden, uh, credit card or in general card payments are incredibly popular. Only two percent of transactions in Sweden are uh, cash, and the government expects um, by I think twenty twenty to that to drop to a half a percent, and their um, active efforts of getting rid of of uh, cash entirely in the country so they will actually drop cash support on a on a countrywide level yeah uh, actually zach if you go into a bank in australia Mm -hmm. are all of the banks gonna have cash on the premise on the premises yeah most most would at least for the atms um i don't know how much this they're keeping out the back but they would have something you're able to deposit and withdraw yeah Okay, because many stuff. banks, like, you basically have to go in, like, to a major, like, the major bank in that city in order to mm. actually deposit money. There are many banks where you oh, can't yeah. even do that. Yeah, so oh. for the bank we had when we were living in, in Stockholm, we there was only one branch that had cash services, like, in at all. You couldn't oh. deposit anywhere else at, or you couldn't withdraw anywhere else. It was only one, one, one branch, the head office, that had cash. See, I'm really into mines about that because on the one hand like the the part of me that you know loves technology and loves new technology is all like yeah cash is horrible let's you know digital payments are the way to go let's get rid of cash in our society it's slow it's clunky um but then on the other side of the coin i do kind of recognize the need to uh maybe not have every purchase traceable and that's not for for you know, illegal or shifty activities, but more just sometimes there are genuine needs uh, where maybe not having a record of something is beneficial. It could be a safety thing. It could be a uh, you're just trying to keep a secret while you're sorting, like organizing a present for somebody, you know, like things like that. Um, there are times when it is beneficial to be able to pay sort of for something off the record. And so I wonder, and I know that I guess like cryptocurrency tries to solve the problem, but doesn't, um, you know, of, of having anonymous transactions. And <laughs> I think they create a lot more problems than they solve. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I, I think, I think I don't know if I would want cash to truly go. I mean, I would, from a personal perspective, I'd love cash to go away, but um, I think it would be really nice to have a way to pay for things anonymously, even if that's digitally. Um, and I don't, I don't know the best way to do that because obviously everything digital leaves a trace. Um, but I think there's a role for something that is 
that is anonymous and allows for anonymous transactions. And I know, I guess in Sweden, it's a case of, well, the government probably do want that data. So that's, it's incentive enough for them to push it. Um, But it's also, I I don't know. I mean, if we live in a society where everyone is expected to pay taxes on all their incomes, it just makes things a lot easier on you. Because let's say we we eliminate, I'm always conflicted, right? The kind of tech and privacy mind in me is like, uh, cash is beneficial. But realistically, I, I... I did the same that you did, right? I was like, there are legitimate reasons where you don't want it to be traceable. Like, huh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, because th- I- there are some genuine reasons that I don't really want to go in the podcast. But yeah, it's, you know, there are things. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, if you're, as long as it's legal, I mean, you might be into whatever you are, right? Um, and... <sighs> I, I don't think anyone is interested in, in, in that thing anyway. Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, certain things, this is unfortunate. There are certain things that people, certain medical issues that people might have or certain things that people, um, like c- certain services that people might need, for example, like like some women might have an abortion, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you put, later on would want to run for politics or want to run for office, certain countries and certain societies would frown upon you having that abortion. So and if these, you are would, these are something I didn't really want to go into. Yeah. But like, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's sometimes it's nicer to pay off the record. I just think an abortion shouldn't be paid for at all. If if you if you if you decide to have an abortion, I think any any reasonable country should just offer that as a free service anyway, without requiring. Yeah, any but it would also be ideal that like in those situations. That's why I'm unsure if this is actually a valid reason because in those situations, I think there's actually something deeper wrong with people's reactions to what you're doing in your life. I think you shouldn't judge a person who is running for poli- for 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 office because that person had an abortion. I know people probably do but i think that's a bigger problem to solve yeah yeah that, that means society is fucked up but it also means sometimes you have to get into politics to then change a fucked up society you know that, that that's why i'm kind of conflicted about that as well um because i mean how will how can you change it if that eliminates all people like that from ever becoming in a position of power yeah you know that's that's kind of how yeah, you and i mean a more and that's a societal problem, but the thing is, those things are going to require change, and we're not there yet. So, in the the intermediate phase, it would be really nice to have a way uh, to not have everything traceable. But I mean, traceable. Sweden, Sweden, for example, is incredibly progressive, right? Those kind of issues don't exist there in the first place. They don't, yeah, yeah, but you don't if if, can't, if you if you make the personal decision to get an abortion, you you do that, and 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 you don't have any traces of that whatsoever. Uh, even if you wouldn't have the, traces, I think it wouldn't be a big deal. It wouldn't be a big deal just because it's it's. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it is not rocket science. Uh, uh, but in Sweden, they do tend to uh, let you decide what you want to do in your life, and that seems to be something that works quite well for them, and something that I do think all countries in the world should just adopt because it's common sense. Yeah, of um, course, it would be something within legal grounds, but like something that's influencing your body, I think they're very happy for you too. Yeah, Make and I mean that's that's sensible, and therefore I do think having lived there and having experienced that, I mean in general, right? You you don't you don't have to pay for a lot of services in Sweden, which is a different thing with taxes. But that's kind of where I was going. Um, taxes are incredibly easy in Sweden as a result because let's say you you you're you're selling things. You're even let's go for the most complicated potential 
tax situation you could be in, which is you're a freelance uh, uh, employee or not a freelance worker that has a lot of different clients and you're billing them, right? That means you're basically on your own with your tax returns. In Sweden, however, if you use something like the Square equivalent in Sweden and you tell them your, your social insurance number, all the all the bills that are being paid are obviously all paid digitally with, with credit card or uh, Swish, which, which is kind of like their... Um, app-to-app payment service that is uh, uh, run by the by the banks um kind of like pay id in in australia um just with one unified app that you use uh that everyone can use so you basically you basically log in with your bank and then you have this app and you can send money instantly to each other for free um or or bank transfers um so all of that is automatically logged and as long as all your transactions were were uh I, I just call this uh, non non cash uh, as a group. Um, all of them are automatically logged. By the time tax tax season comes around, the Swedish government sends you a push notification in your app. So you you just have your tax accounting app. Uh, it sends you a push notification. It asks you if you had any other income apart from all the ones that are already logged. You can say nope or yes if you if all you got was digital payments. You just give it a thumbs up, and your tax return is filed. Takes tax taxes in Sweden take me about uh, the time it would take me to to uh, take take down the trash. It's like it, it it's two minutes max. Jesus, you take down the trash very quickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there, yeah, no, there are absolutely advantages to that, and, and that also means it's yeah. it's it, there's not really. I mean. I think most people that do do anything wrong with their taxes are probably either doing it uh, uh, accidentally without malicious reason, or it's it's just hard, right? It's hard to keep track of, and it's a bit frustrating that a lot of people have to pay a tax accountant, so you have to pay for someone for you then to be allowed to pay the government money. So I do feel like this kind of shift towards making it an automatic service will in general imp- in general improve society because everyone is if if you make it easier to pay taxes i do think tax evasion whether malicious or incidental will go down and therefore there will be more tax revenue and and taxes are being paid more more fairly between everyone there is not like specific situations or people or or environments that make it more or less likely for you to pay taxes and it's it's really easy to to kind of make sure that you've done the right thing and and therefore i do think um there are those kind of benefits where you, you pay the taxes you're supposed to you have no work with it you don't have to pay for anything it just kind of is a system that works as as it was designed, right? Taxes are designed to be a percentage of of your income and all your different income sources. And as long as everyone follows that, we have a healthy stream that then can go into services like free abortions or free health services and those kind of things. And everyone f- pays fairly, and there is no 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 suggestion that anyone would evade taxes because it's just not a thing that really exists in that in that. Uh, in that level, and I do think that is, that is, those are huge benefits for that kind of very digitalized uh, government that you have in Sweden. Anyway, I just thought it was really strange to to kind of see how. Uh, I mean, they're they're separated by a small body of water, but they're 
so incredibly difficult, different cities and so different mentalities and societies in those two countries, despite being so close to each other. And you mean I, Germany and Sweden? Germany and Sweden. Yeah. And I just, just because I ran into that, I thought it would be uh, interesting to bring up uh, how how they how they differ so strongly. Okay, uh, but could we, could we do a? Should we just ask people to give us five stars on iTunes? Do you want to do that? Sure, sure. 